It was a hot, hot summer evening in Houston, Texas, 20 and a half years ago at St. Martin's Episcopal Church, that small church in the Galleria area of Houston. It was my ordination to the priesthood evening. It was about 98 degrees, 135% humidity, which I didn't realize you could ever have that, but it was constant there. And the air conditioning had gone out in the church. I was in the vesting room putting on my worsted wool, fully lined cassock, getting ready to go into the church to be ordained by Bishop Leo Allard, a Cuban refugee who had come to this country became a deacon, a priest, and now the bishop suffragan of the Diocese of Texas and has since passed away. You know that I run pretty hot, right? I'm sweating all the time. It was awful that night. The AC got turned on and fixed at 6.30. The service started at 7. The church is pretty big. It was 85 degrees in the building. And I was nervous, to say the least, and so by the time that I got to the place where I needed to be in the service, kneeling in front of Bishop Allard, he was standing there and I was kneeling in front of him. And we were listening to a cello play, Come Holy Spirit Come. And it was absolutely beautiful. And then it came to the point where the bishop was to lay hands on my head. <laughs> he does this. He reaches inside his cassock and pulls out a hanky. And I look up to the bishop and I said, is it clean? Of which he replied to me, it's new. And then did this with it, like, you know, a, a, a surrender flag, and then wiped my head off, along with my cheeks and everything else. And then he had this hanky, which, I mean, you could probably have literally um, wrung it out. He looked at it, and he looked at me, and he said, not new anymore. <laughs> and handed the hanky to me, of which it went through the laundry and is now in a memory box. That was a beautiful day. Because as soon as he wiped my head off, in an act of service and love. He laid hands on me. And in that prayer he said, make Justin a priest. It was in that moment that I felt like I was on the mountaintop. That I was in that thin place where nothing was separating me from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. A feeling that I have experienced other times in my life, but nothing so profoundly as that moment. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I really believe that in that moment, as, as I stood up then and a stole was put around my neck, and my wife came to by my side and put a chasuble over my, my head, that my life had been transformed permanently, that I had been made a priest in the church and that nothing was going to take that away. It was amazing. It was absolutely beautiful. And 
I was reminded of all of this as I was at Dawson Council in Corpus Christi this past few days, and Nancy Denmark, who is a jeweler in the state of Texas and a good friend of our family, had done a lot of youth ministry back in the day when, when my wife and I were real involved with the youth ministry of the Diocese of Texas. I was reminded that she actually was the person that that Bishop Allard had asked and commissioned to make his pectoral cross when he became a bishop. And, um, and I had forgotten that. I've always admired his cross that he wore. And then, as I was talking with Nancy this weekend, she explained to me how that Bishop Allard later on asked if she could make a smaller cross for his wife and his daughter and then even a smaller cross that could be sold um, at a reasonable cost so that others could have a piece of Bishop Allard's cross so that we all could be a part of his ministry. Because it wasn't just a ministry of Bishop Allard, but it was a ministry that he literally passed down through his hands to me. And so my wife graciously purchased the cross. And I will wear it, knowing that I share in the ministry that Bishop Allard gave to me. Rob Harris, many of you know Rob, who was an associate here, said to me when we were lining up for opening Eucharist at the um, convention at the council, um, at council in Corpus, he said, um, is that Bishop Allard's cross? And I said, well, not the actual one. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, but it's a, a smaller version. He said... Bishop Allard married he and his wife, and as a wedding gift, he gave them both crosses. What a true gift that is, an amazing gift. And on this day that we celebrate the transfiguration of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and on this day that we celebrate with jazz music and we remember a jazz musician of this community that is beloved, and on this day that we see Jesus go to the mountaintop in the same kind of vision that, that Moses had at the mountaintop, on this day that we experience all of these things, we're reminded about how God is at work in our lives through the gifts of other people. How that throughout generations, the love of Christ Jesus is passed down through the work that we do. Bishop Allard handed that to me. And it's a beautiful memory and a, a great moment for me to remember that. You see, when Jesus goes up to the mountain and he brings Peter, James, and John, who I call the unholy trinity, um, those three disciples who are kind of in his inner circle, and he brings them up to the mountaintop, his, his face and his countenance and his clothes become dazzling white. He, he is transfigured in, his, in, in their presence so that they can truly know and understand who God is, how God is revealed to them, and how God is love and, and, and grace and peace and magnificence and that, that Jesus is the face of God on the face of the earth. And, and that's revealed and opened up. And there's an invitation to not only the disciples then, but to you and I to be a part of that, to actually be the revelation of God in Christ Jesus to the world today. You see, we're invited to see, to actually see Christ in other people. That's what I believe the transfiguration is all about. 
when you can so blatantly and perfectly see that God is in Christ Jesus, that that's a visible reminder to you and I that, that in our daily lives, wherever we go, we are to see Christ in other people. Like when the musicians were playing here and I walked up in front and you can see a glimmer of light in their eyes and the joy in their faces, that's Jesus coming alive for you and I, celebrating those gifts that they bring to us in that we can worship and praise God in a different way this morning than what we normally do. When you look into the eyes of someone who's hungry or thirsting, and you can see the light reflecting off their eyes, you know that when you give them food or a drink, you're feeding Jesus. The light of Christ is in all of us, and we are called to see that. In sometimes a very messy form where you need to wipe, wipe someone off before you actually can see the love of Christ. But it's that act of service that we give to one another. Once we are able to see then on the mountaintop, we're, we're reminded when the cloud descended, a bright cloud, we're told, descended upon the mountain, then you hear the voice of God. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. It takes us back to when he was baptized, but then God adds another piece to that. Listen to him. So we are called to see Christ in other people, but we're also called upon to listen to them. To hear the voice of God in the lives of others. To listen to their stories and to not think less or highly of them or ourselves, but to truly just be in the presence of one another. To listen to each other. To actually know and understand how God is at work in their life, which then can totally allow you to understand how God is at work in yours. To see and to listen. Then Jesus is done, and Elijah and Moses have disappeared, and he takes the disciples down the mountain. And on the way down, he turns to them and says, Hey guys, don't say anything about this until the Son of Man has risen from the dead. I'm here to tell you this morning that uh, in about 45 days, we will celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ on Easter. That is not the first resurrection. Got it? He's always already been raised from the dead. So that invitation to us to actually go and share this with others, we don't have to wait. The invitation has been sent. You have RSVP'd. You're here today. And now we are called upon to show up to the party. To see and to listen and to act. I believe that is what we are called to in the Lenten season, to see, to listen, and to act. Becca Stevens, who is the president and CEO of Thistle Farms in Nashville, Tennessee, a worldwide ministry now, it started years ago as a shelter for women who were um, escaping domestic violence and human trafficking. They now have um, uh, 
cosmetics and lotions and that kind of thing in Whole Foods. Um, you can get them everywhere, um, made out of the thistle bushes that are in Nashville. And so they take these very prickly things and, and crush them down, and it becomes a very healing, wonderful um, lotion and soaps and other things. But they ventured into other ministries, and she was in uh, on the coast of Greece at a refugee camp a couple years ago, and she realized that the Syrian women who had arrived there with their children had actually given all of their life savings to a boat operator. These are rowboats most, most of the time. All of their life savings to a boat operator and had been given life vests. Many of the life vests are made out of materials that are designed to absorb water when they hit water meaning that they are not given life vests, but death vests. That if the boat was to sink, that family would actually perish in the water because the vest would fill with water and you wouldn't be able to unstrap it in time and you'd be pulled under. So it's a miracle, folks, that many of these people have escaped the tyranny and destruction of Syria and have arrived at the coast of Greece in order to have life, just life. That's all they're hoping for is that they would not have to wake up and live every moment of every day wondering when the bomb will drop or when the gas will come. And they arrive in Greece to a refugee camp. 70 plus million people worldwide live in refugee camps. That is two and a half times the number after World War II. Think about that. And the average stay that someone lives in a refugee camp is 17 to 18, not months, but years. If you're a mother with a one-year-old on your back and you've been given this, this life vest that isn't so much a life vest, and you arrive at the coast of Greece, you're all but assured that your one-year-old will spend all of their childhood and all of their adolescence in a refugee camp. Think about that. And so Becca was with a group of seven women and she said, you know, what can we do? What can you do to actually help make some money so that you can sustain your family and maybe um, be able to get out of the refugee camp? And so they had these worn and tattered blankets that were given to them and these life vests and they tear them apart and they make these welcome love mats and they're sold worldwide. The bright strands that you see in, the, in this mat are the actual life vests, the fabric of the life vests. The gray parts are the blankets that are woven into these beautifully soft, wonderful mats, and these now are sold worldwide, and, and close to 90% of the money goes back to the Syrian women and their families. Y'all, when our lives are transformed... When we say that we are disciples of Jesus Christ, things like this can actually happen when we see, listen, and then act. Countless times, over and over again, not only in our Sidewalk Saturday ministry, our school ministry, our soon-to-be Navajo Land ministry, and all of the global missions that we, we do all worldwide, the threads of blessing and, and other things that we do, we are seeing and listening and acting and lives are being changed. 
and our lives are being transfigured and transformed. I pray that as we enter this season of Lent, as we celebrate in this Jazz Mass today, that we would continue to be reminded that Jesus is with us. The light of Christ is the twinkle in your eye. See the love of Christ in all people that you meet. Listen to their story and allow them to listen to yours and act. Act out of love, grace, and peace. And the world in which we live and the world in which others live will be transformed. Amen.